Hey, welcome back to Her Restored Spirit Podcast. My name is Tammy and I'm the host. And today we are wrapping up the series, Fast Track Your... Well, you fast track your healing, fast track the getting unstuck, fast track yourself to get to what you want to be or who you want to be or what you want to do. There's so much power in being intentional. And today's tidbit, today's step may seem counterintuitive, but I think that this is the missing key that will actually unlock everything that we want, everything that we need, and actually show us the direction that we need to go in. So listen in. Hi friend, I am so excited that you're here to check out Her Restored Spirit podcast. If you've gone through something that has left you broken spirited, maybe it's a divorce, loss of a spouse, or even a child, loss of a job, whatever it is, I know there is restoration in your future. I'm a widowed mom, and I remember what it feels like to emerge from the fog to discover that my loss is not the center of my story, but it actually instilled in me a new hope, a new understanding of faith, and a new strengthening in my heart, soul, and motherhood. I have finally understood that God has taken my test and formed it into my testimony, and that's why I'm here with you. I want you to step into your purpose, into a newfound joy, and to turn a new page in your book because I believe you are on the brink of full restoration unlocking a confidence that you didn't know was inside you, and understanding how to live more fruitfully with purpose, joy, and permission to be washed in possibility. It's time, friend, to reclaim your restored spirit. So just to recap, some of the things that we've done to fast track our healing, to get unstuck, to figure out what we want to do and be able to move, is we have to decide. We have to make that first choice, put the line in the sand, and decide that it's worth it to us to go through whatever it takes to figure out how to heal. That's the first step. And then after you make that decision, you go and you decide, you figure out what you're afraid of and you hit that head on. You look at what you're afraid. I really like using the Enneagram. I think it helps you understand the core fears that you have. And for me personally, when I was able to look at how I was grieving and what I was missing and the lens that I was grieving through, I was able to take a step back and I was able to start being intentional about what my needs were. And so that was the first, the second step was after you make the choice, the line in the sand, then you started getting down to brass tacks. You start looking at what you're afraid of. And then after that is you shift the blame where it needs to be. You stop blaming others. You stop blaming yourself you realize that your brain is actually meant to keep you safe, not successful. Your brain is trying to stop you and keep you right where you are because it understands how to, how to deal with this. And so you don't go any further. When you want to heal, you have to do something to get something different. You have to do something different. And so you've got to shift the blame and realize that you don't need to stop yourself from healing. You've got to take those action steps. You've got to push through some of those fears and tell your brain really what you're afraid of and what you want to do. After you do that, give yourself time and space to dream. We need that creativity. We need that space. And then the next, the next step was to look at your thoughts 
And those automatic negative thoughts, those subconscious thoughts that are playing on autopilot that are no longer serving you, but were put there long before you you even wanted them there, long before you could choose. And I'm oversimplifying all of these steps, but I want to just give you an overview of where we've been. So that way, when I introduce today's step, it won't seem as crazy. So with renewing your mind, rewiring your brain, and looking at those thoughts and removing the ones that don't serve you anymore, and filling them with truth, and what does serve you, and what does help you give you that freedom to move forward. With all of this are things that you're doing. This last step that I have for you, this last step to really fast track your healing, to fast track you to get what you want, to find your purpose, to get unstuck, is you need to stop and you need to to be in the silence. I avoided silence for a long time. I would keep music on, I would read books, I would listen to podcasts, I would listen to audiobooks. Audiobooks were one of my favorite things early on and I would just fill all of my time and space with noise. I would make sure that I was not alone. If I was alone, I made sure that I had um, something fully to gather my attention, something that I could be distracted with. So that way I didn't have to focus on, well, I was terrified of the silence for a while. Silence is something that I've always embraced. Um, I seem much like an extrovert. Uh, I'm an extroverted introvert. I can be social. I can. I love people, but I need to retreat. I need that time by myself to to regroup. I actually love the t- the the time in between when my husband would say, um, "I'm on the way home," and you know when I put the kids to bed, and then he would say he was on his way home. So I would usually have about 45 minutes where it's just me. It's just silence, and I embrace that as I spent the whole day being a mom. And then I was, you know, switching to wife mode. And, you know, that's different ways you serve. And I needed that time for just me. Well, after I stepped into the world of grief, that silence was deafening. The silence was where my thoughts would go and would run wild with all of the what ifs and what just happened and I couldn't focus on any certain thing. And so I would just fill the silence. I would make sure that I had people around me all the time. And I don't know if this is something that you struggle with or if this is something that you actually embrace the quiet. And let me just tell you right now that if you're suffering from depression and you're withdrawing, Um, out of not something that you want to do, but it's something that's happening to you. This is not the silence and the rest and the solitude that I'm talking about. If you are suffering from depression, get help, get people, get a therapist, get a coach, get, talk to your friend. That silence may not be what you need yet. But what I'm talking about is if you are staying so busy so you don't have to rest. So you just exhaust yourself. So when you hit the bed, you're, you're out. I'm also not talking about if you are 
up all night because you can't sleep. That also is not silence. That's not rest. That is another form of of ruminating. And that's not helpful either. I'm talking about intentional rest. So those things, though they happen, you know, if you're if you're suffering from depression, if you have trouble sleeping, if these are things that you have you're in silence because you can't get out of it, please go seek help. But what I'm talking about is for those of us who need, well, we all need silence, which I'll explain that in a little bit. But we're we keep ourselves so busy so we don't have to hear our own thoughts. Because our fast track to our healing is really in the silence. It's when we get past our own thoughts and start hearing the thoughts of Jesus. When we get past our own thoughts and we're able to dream, like I mentioned a few episodes ago, it's when we get past our own thoughts and are able to just let go of things and people and responsibilities and you're just able to retreat in a way that is rejuvenating. It's a way that quiets the noise in your mind. So this step in fast-tracking your healing is to slow down to speed up. Take a breath, take a breath. Take a beat, take a minute. Because your speed doesn't matter as much as your direction. The direction that you're going is what you need to cultivate. Now, I've mentioned before that sometimes it doesn't even matter what direction you're going, what action you take at first. That you just have to get moving and then you'll start to see. And that's what that goes with what I'm saying here too. The direction, you may not know your direction right away, but that's okay because when you get moving, you'll start to see You'll start to see a highlight. You'll start to see a pattern. You'll start to see a, um, a pathway forward for you. But if you don't slow down to look around you and to see, you will not see that path. If you keep going at hyperspeed and just stay busy and just keep going, time will pass, yes. But there's no intentionality there. There's avoidance. There's... Well, let's face it, sometimes, I mean, even this productivity, we think we're doing great and we're checking things off. We're making things happen. We are taking our kids all over. But when we stop to look at what we're doing, we're not fulfilled. We've been going, going, going simply to go, go, go. We have been going haphazard, just taking one step, you know, doing the next step, next step, next step, but not actually looking and slowing down and seeing, do I even want this? Is this what my kid needs? Is this what I need? Is this what's best for me in the moment or my family in the moment? So you have to slow down to speed up. You have to sit and stop focusing so much on speed and busyness and really be intentional, be specific, about the direction you're going in. It's about the journey, not about the destination. And so one of the ways you can do that is stop and ask yourself what expectations you're trying to meet, whether it's for yourself. Being an Enneagram One, the the high expectations I have for myself are unreachable. And I've learned that I've created these unreachable expectations because it gives me that safety net of, well, if I can't reach it anyway, then do I need really need to accomplish anything? 
or is it possible to accomplish anything? If I'm, if I am just going to go, 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 because, Hey, I've got these expectations that I've put on myself. There's also expectations from friends and family that you don't actually have to meet. There's nothing that says do what everyone says you should do. Do what everyone says that you need to do and do what everyone says just because. In fact, people have, I would say, for the most part, they're very well-meaning. They see what you're good at. They see what you, you need or what they think you need, and they will guide you in that direction. But I don't know about you. If you've read the Bible at any, any length of time, you'll see that the things that were right were not always what were quote-unquote normal. They didn't follow the patterns of society. They didn't follow the, follow the patterns of culture. They were counterintuitive. And that's what I'm asking you to do now. I'm asking you to set down those expectations, those things that you are keeping yourself busy with, and allow yourself to sit in silence. Allow yourself to retreat intentionally, to reflect, to consider, to dream, to think, to just be for just a couple of minutes. When I started this process, um, I about a year ago, a friend of mine, um, Danita, she introduced me to this book. It's called Invitation to Solitude and Silence, and it's by Ruth Haley Barton. And when I first read this, I was kind of terrified of it, actually. I have spent a lot of time by myself, like I mentioned, but it's reading and doing things, still keeping my, even during my quiet time, even that's not quiet because you're, you're reading, you're, you're thinking, you're pondering, you're journaling, whatever you're doing in that, or at least what I was doing in that. But I still wasn't allowing myself that break, that permission to just calm and quiet my mind which you could imagine being when you start reading, when you start picking up this practice, it's really difficult. It's, it goes against what we want. We want to, especially with our society today. Um, I don't know if you are experiencing information overload like I am. I just feel like there's always something, someone vying for my attention. They want to tell me something. They There's so much noise, 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 noise of the news, the noise of social media, the noise of information, noise of my tasks and my to-do list, um, noise of the busyness. But that, those, that noise, that was kind of like a band-aid for me. And so when I had to set down the noise, and in the book, you start with 10 minutes, 10 minutes a day where you just sit. And, and this book is great because it gives you step-by-step step and a little action step, things to consider because, you know, it's not like I, my brain will ever stop thinking, but it's more of a guided break, a guided rest, a guided solitude, where instead of allowing my, my mind to just wander, I was focused. And so I, I, so if you worry about that, like, well, my mind never turns off, neither does mine. However, after a few months, of this practice and I didn't do it perfectly and 10 minutes some days seem really quick and some days it's it seemed like it dragged on and on and on but 
But when I really committed to this, when I decided I was going to do it and I was going to to make this a practice that I do daily, something shifted. I started looking forward to the silence. I was able to get clarity on things and knowing how important silence is, even to Jesus, even when during the height of his ministry, when the crowds came to know who he was and the rumors of him spread, he would actually go to what they called the lonely places and pray. And at first you're like, oh, that's so sad. He's going to lonely places. But I think that when you really look at it, it was just a way of describing that he was actually getting, he, he was lonely for God and so for his father. And so he would go to those places and he would connect and he would recenter and reset himself. And he would look at what God wanted for him so he could continue. He would refresh and and he would get away from even his friends, his disciples. He would get away from everybody. He would take some of his disciples with him sometimes and you know, do it in a, in a small group. He would take them sometimes and say, hey, wait here. And he would go further by himself for, for some time and to really connect. So it's not, the silence is not about productivity. However, some of the most productive things you can do will be discovered in the silence. Our brains, our bodies need to disconnect. We talk about self-care. We talk about all these things that we need, but then we always do, 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 and we avoid resting, true resting, that sitting in solitude and just being for a couple of minutes. Doing this is not a sign of weakness. It's not a sign of laziness. It's not a sign that you don't know what to do. It actually is a strength. The more you can sit and you give yourself, I know that meditation and and mindfulness is really big right now, but it's more than that. It is more than just something else you need to add to do. It's connecting with who you're being, connecting with the being that God created and connecting with the real you. And if you're going to fast track your healing, if you're going to get unstuck and if you're going to discover your purpose and move forward, you need, you really need to connect with you. You need to connect with who God created you to be and stop the noise so you can filter out all of the things that don't matter, all the things that are distracting you, all the ways that the devil is distracting you and keeping you from doing those those small things that are going to get big results, those small things that connect you to the very essence of who God created you to be. In the book, there's a quote by Henry Nouwen. It says, without solitude, it's virtually impossible to live a spiritual life. We do not take spiritual life seriously if we do not set some time to be with God and listen to him. In the silence, you don't have to be afraid of being alone. Because in the Bible, it talks about how God is always with us. He never leaves us. He's never forsaking us. In the time of silence, that is the moment that you can actually feel him more. 
that you can hear him and see him and experience him. And then you can build and he will build and he will put in your mind the things that are are necessary for your healing, the things that are going to get you more bang for your buck. He's going to put in, well, more than putting in. When I started this, he started setting down. He started helping me remove the, the noise, the extra tasks, the side purposes and things that were I was doing that were not actually important. I got to say no to things that I didn't really want to do in the first place. And I got to say yes to things that I really, that really lit me up. So don't look at this time as, don't panic. Don't, it's not forever. I know, and and it's a practice. Give yourself that grace to do, if you can just do two or three minutes, but commit to, for the next 30 days, doing five to 10 minutes of silence every day. And how I started is I would read a verse or a chapter, or I would give myself something to meditate on. But then when I got into it and I would give myself that moment to, to pray about it. And then I would say, okay, Lord, you fill my mind with what it needs to be filled with. You you focus, you do, you do you, and let me just set down everything and stop fighting. So I would focus on my breathing. I would focus on keeping my feet on the ground. I was focusing on just staying still. And after a few days, it became less awkward. And the time became such a precious time. And so many times, so many times, I would have I would have the next inspiration or I'd have, um, it would be clear with the next step that I need to take. There were so many things that happened in that short amount of time. Sometimes, like I mentioned, it would be just highlighting something that I'm doing that I don't need to be doing or something that I should be saying to someone. Um, sometimes it was about parenting. Sometimes it was about, you know, being a friend. Sometimes it was just like, Tammy, what are you doing? Who are you striving to please? Are you trying to do the things that the world's doing? Or are you really wanting to do what I've asked you to do? So please, God, and don't try to please men. So things like this, that's what he would highlight in this time. So give yourself, like I said, commit one month. And if you're not able to do it every day, just don't be the person who doesn't two day, who does not do it two days in a row. So if you didn't do it yesterday, give yourself grace, but get back to it. And like I said, five to 10 minutes. Don't do it in bed. Don't do it um, in some place that is has a lot of distractions. You don't want to do it in a place that you can, you know, everyone can get your attention or you, there's so many things that you have to look at that your 10 minutes or your five minutes is really wasted. You don't have to close your eyes. You don't have to be in the dark. You don't have to like really remove a lot of your rules and just be. I love doing it outside. I love, I have a little desk that faces the wall that I will, most of the time that's where I'm sitting because I like to have my pen and paper with me. Um, I try not to start journaling during during that time. If I have a couple of words, I will jot that down, but I really try to focus on staying still and then afterwards and just relax and know that those inspirations that you're getting, those downloads that you're getting 
they'll be there after your, when your time is over. Those are hidden in your heart and you'll be able to recall those. So just give yourself that. And I would love to hear what the 30 days does for you. Do you have clarity? Do you have peace? Do you have, are you more centered? Do you feel more connected than ever? These are all things that I gained and I would love to hear if you've gained them too. Now with this, I'm going to close this episode. I hope that you have enjoyed it. I hope that this has given you inspiration over the last couple of weeks to realize that you can determine your healing. You can fast track it. You can be intentional. You can decide and just move through healing faster than just allowing time to pass or, you know, time heals all wounds, which is a huge lie. But with space, with intentionality, with grace and compassion, and with understanding, you can fast track your healing. If you are wanting to take it one step further, if you want a, a proven step, a proven process, and you are looking for coaching, and I know that it is vulnerable, and I know that there's so many reservations when you're like, I need help, but it's hard to ask for help. Coaching is such a beautiful way to help you get what you want. It's a way for you to say, I know that there's more for me and I just need accountability. How many times have we needed that accountability buddy, needed someone to push us and guide us and show us our own thoughts? That's what coaching does. So if you're interested, even a little bit, and you want to see what coaching can do for you, why don't you click on the link in the show notes or go to my website, TammyMarieCoaching.com and schedule your, your discovery call and see what's possible and see what your life could look like if you said yes to yourself.